0: Well, uh, hello
1: there. Uh, My name is Josh Brocklow, and we're going to be talking about some video games today. Uh, Specifically, we're going to be talking about computer chips and how they help us play video games. Uh, (laughs) I have my co-host here with me today, (laughs) Mr. Nate McKeever. How you doing, PA Nate? I can't.
0: I don't even know what that is. I, I don't. I, I was just
1: thinking like I, I don't know a nerd so um, uh, guys out there I am feeling a little under the weather today I actually stayed home from work um, and so my nose is a little clogged I always talk nasally so you may or may not be able to uh, recognize it Um, but I was thinking I would just take advantage of my nasally stuffy nose and do a voice that is very nasally and stuffy and I'm like hey that sounds like a nerd like you know a-, a nerd who pushes his glasses up all the time um, that it was,
0: sounded like the the one uh, nerdy professor or doctor from The Simpsons. Oh, you like sort of dipped into that. You're right. Percent.
1: You're right. Oh, what's his name? Doctor Nick. Right. Hi everybody.
0: It no, does kind of sound like him. Doctor right? Nick is. Uh, he's like the surgeon that's terrible. Yes. Um, yes. The one that I'm thinking.
1: Oh. Uh, 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 I think I. I think I know. He's sort of like the the doc on Futurama, but younger. Yes yeah yes okay. yes so it's been a while exactly. it's been a while since i've seen the the simpsons actually since i've sat I down and watched it man i mean i haven't watched the simpsons in years uh i may be in the same boat I, i've actually probably seen futurama uh, more recently than the simpsons mm. but um that's neither here nor there how you doing no
0: yeah. uh i'm okay i mean i told you earlier uh had a little, you know, there was a little bit of a conflict between me, ice, gravity, and some stairs. A um, couple of times, not 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 once, but twice. And uh, yeah, I'm a little sore. Worst part was I went and uh, I had just gone to the chiropractor and um, like a couple days before. And then mm. it's like, you know, I was feeling pretty good, pretty limber and then it's like oh no oh no <laughs> oh oh no um you know I, I, aside from that we had uh you know my my little segue into the weather is uh we had single digits and into Ugh. the negatives Ugh. over here now it's not like chicago where it's like this feels colder than antarctica um but uh yeah, like, I think it was like the, the one day it was like negative in the negative 20s with windchill. Like, that's how it felt. Ooh. That was like the feel. It was gross. It was gross. Um, I, I, I hid inside that day.
1: I, I don't know if I've said I might have said this on the podcast before. So so forgive me if I have, but like my brain does not even know how to register what that remotely feel like. I don't think I've ever been in single digits before. I think the coldest that I remember when I was a kid, I think it was fourteen once. Okay, I think so. Um, so I seriously and and I remember I dressed in layers and went outside, and I was honestly surprised it was not as bad as I thought because I had you know like five or six layers on. Um, mm-hmm. so even then I didn't really experience the 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 coldness of of that weather. So so when you talk about when you talk about dipping into single into negative. Fahrenheit number d- d- temperatures. That's the word I'm looking for. Negative temperatures. <laughs> uh, I I my brain just does not even have a a scale with which to measure what you're talking about. And then you talk about like 20 degrees under zero, and I mm-hmm. you left me a long time. I I have no idea.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, to just get like the moisture from my breath would like attached to my beard and freeze and so wow I, I mean at one point in time i was just kind of like curious because i've done it before where mm-hmm. it's like you know you sort of let the frost build up on your beard and i was like yeah, you know and so I, I like hung outside for like like it, 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 at that point in time it might have been like five ten degrees maybe maybe a little lower than that might have been in the single digit stuff that was like you know maybe maybe two or three and i just like i just sort of let my beard outside for a couple minutes and like it 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 was less than five minutes and i had a nice little like crystalline <laughs> sort of ice layer over my beard it was entertaining dang um it made me laugh and then then my beard thawed out and water was dripping from it <laughs> which uh, also made me laugh um, if you go back like, and play through uh,
1: Diablo 3 again you should totally name your character Icebeard Icebeard <laughs> oh it's old Icebeard
0: <laughs> Icebeard I <aye. laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I need a I need somebody to introduce a pirate class into Diablo three, <laughs> and I will call him Icebeard. I dub thee Icebeard. I love it. And we're we're instead of a sword, it's going to be a giant hook, like <laughs> yeah. Um, oh Just man,
1: like ripping into the flesh of the demons. Yeah. I'm like I'm it. down for that. I'm
0: down for that. So how are you, man?
1: Um I'm I'm doing all right. Like I said, a little under the weather. Um but hopefully on the upswing of it. I've been well I felt like I was on the upswing of it a few days ago. It, it it felt like it was just a quick like one evening, one night of just like feeling terrible. Woke up the next morning and I felt so much better. So I'm like, oh awesome. And uh then it's just kinda held on since then. So it's, Mm. it's more, it's more of just an annoyance than anything. Um, it's, and it's like an elevated version of like allergies because I've had a bunch of sinus headaches, which are the worst part of it so far. Um, Hmm. so anyways, I'm hoping that, that I'm, I'm kind of over it because I've, I've got stuff to do. Life doesn't slow down when you get sick. This is what I'm learning. Uh, so (laughs) stuff is, well, Mm -hmm. it hasn't quite piled up. Maybe, maybe a little bit. There's, there's, yeah. There's just stuff that needs to get done. That's all I'm saying. So, um, hmm. you know, outside of that, I'm doing good. It just, good. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, man. Good, 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 good. So, let's let's uh, let's get into it. Let's get let's get into it. Let's let's do this, the backlog report. Right. Uh, do you want to go first? Or, I think I made you go first last time. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. So like every time. Do you want me to go first this time?
1: You go for it. Yes. What do you have to report okay. on, good sir?
0: Um well, I beat Spider Man. Yeah. And and I platinum it. And I <laughs> stayed up way too late one night to do it. Um my <laughs> wife made fun of me. Um she was like, What time did you come to bed? I was like, Late. Um <laughs> and th- that was how I responded. And uh, I, th- yeah, it was like one of those things. I think I beat it when last Wednesday night. It sort of seems like the appropriate timetable to me because I I knew I had Thursday off. Um, okay. but it's very good. It's very very good. I I like Spider Man a lot. I I recommend it. If we had a rating system, I would give it top marks. It's it's a top Ooh, shelf nice. game you know Dang. that's that's what that's what i'll say it's a top shelf game like um it's it's one of those things you know just sort of even echoing the sort of thoughts that i had on it last last episode it's uh, it's a uh, it's another extremely well-crafted single-player experience mm-hmm. um from like the the sony exclusive stable um it's it's ridiculously good uh the, the the thing is and I'm I'm not going to try and get too spoilery but there were some elements like and some surprises that you sort of knew were going to come and going to happen and the fact that like they hit you anyways like here's the thing if you can take something like narratively that I'm familiar with and or sort of reinvent the trope like I said, I think the thing that's interesting without getting into spoilers is that there's a lot of stuff that sort of gets revealed in the game mm-hmm. that still had emotional resonance for me. So, um that I knew like you could see it coming, like it's like, "Oh no, this is this this thing here is going to happen." And then when it does, like it actually kind of stings mm-hmm. and they put you they put you in a, in a place where it's like these things have like emotional weight and resonance. Mm-hmm. And, um, even though it's like, and, and so, I mean, when I think you have to give credit to a team that can write a story like that and, and give you an experience like that, yeah. where, um, it's like, even though, cause I mean, it's Spider-Man and like, we all know the origin story. We all know the stuff. You know, like we, we all sort of, we, we know all the ins and outs, like anybody who's sort of, you know, in, in the, the comic books and nerddom, like there aren't a lot of surprises in Spider-Man, you know, if you're just sort of telling a Spider-Man story, like, Yeah. yeah, unless you're looking at like the 90s Scarlet Spider stuff and like the weird clone.
1: Okay.
0: Junk. Like that gets just weird and like there's no way that you can tell. I mean, like, aside from the fact they're going to kill the character, reinvent the character, and then oh no, the character's not that you know, (laughs) whatever. Um but uh yeah, there it was just it was very well done, very well crafted. Uh Insomniac killed it, and uh that team just deserves a lot of credit for it, it is definitely like something special. Uh, if somebody were to ask me, like, you know, if I got a PlayStation 4, what should I play? I'm like, The Last of Us, God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, Spider-Man. Like, you know, it's just sort of like on that, that short list of like, these are definitive experiences. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, as far as reading, memorization, all of it, dude, uh, I crapped the bed. Like. oh not really. That That's <laughs> gross. Um, uh, sorry, sorry. A little bit of potty humor there, people. Um, no, uh, yeah, just really sort of fell behind this week. Um, just got busy with a whole lot of nothing. And it's just sort of mm-hmm. one of those things I was even talking to my wife about it. I said, like, um, and then I was actually talking to an elder at church about it. And I just said, like, I realized that I, I, I had sort of hit a funk. Um, you know, when the boys left, when when everything with the boys sort of went down and they ended up leaving our house, we got really kind of withdrawn, like very invert, you know, introverted, sort of like we just sort of retreated. Mm-hmm. And I think I got in the habit of making a lot of excuses for myself of not doing things and not getting things done. And um then Christmas came and you know I've I've talked about peak season in the post office, you know, and, and sort of the the stresses of that. And in that even too, it's like so you know and there's months in between where but it's just like I had just sort of gotten into a habit of making a lot of excuses for myself for not doing things and getting things done. Mm. And so uh, you know, I just, you know, there a couple, you know, this last week, I just had to sit down with Megan and sort of talk and say like listen, like i'm I'm sorry for flaking out. Like I realized that I've been um, I've been lazy. Uh, I guess is, you know, that that's the term that I used. And I think that's the term that applies. Like, you know, uh, I had gotten very sort of accustomed to uh, not doing the things I needed to. And so, mm-hmm. you, you know, with, with that, had to, you know. Uh, and then, like I said, talking to one of the elders of the church about it a little bit. And he you know it was it was good conversation there, and I think part of the problem is too is like I put a lot of stuff on my plate, and then when I sort of I can keep up, but the minute I fall behind, then I start feeling bad, you yeah. know, and it's like you know you have to sort of section off and say like these things are a priority, these things aren't and so um but yeah, so. Uh, I, I've sort of fallen behind in the last couple of weeks with my reading and memorization work, but you know um little steps like little implementations and like the, I, honestly like the stuff that like you know it just means like okay, instead of one reading I'm gonna do two over the course of the next yeah. couple of weeks yeah. until I get caught up instead of saying like oh no, I'm just gonna sit down and like burn it all out in like two or three hours. I'm like, no that's I'm just gonna like double down on readings for a a few weeks until I get caught up. Yeah. And so, but that's all I got, man. So, all right, which is a lot anyway. So (laughs) what about you?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I, I don't have too much, honestly. Um, it's just been a very busy couple of weeks. Um, and I feel like I say this every single episode. So sorry, because
0: it's, it's true, (laughs) you know, and, Truth has this funny thing of just sort of being true all the time.
1: (laughs) Of just happening. It's weird. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So um, anyways, so uh, on the video game front, I actually have not played very many video games. There have been other things that have taken precedent over video game time. Um, mm. that said, I did try and, um, especially, well, okay. So, so I've got a consistent kind of just like playing through, just easing my way through, um, uh, Octopath Traveler. So, mm. so that's kind of my like go to my fallback game. Like, ah, oh, I just go back to it and it's so good and, you know, pick it up, play it for half an hour or so, whatever. And then I'm good to go um so slow steady progress with octopath it that's it's really good stuff if i i totally could just focus on it by itself and that's what i did for like the first week um in between this episode and the last episode um just because it's so stinking good but then i decided like hey i'm not gonna um just pour my time into this because then i won't really have anything to talk about um and you know especially with the with the uh backlog golf that's what it's called you know the thing that we talked about last episode the whole thing Mm -hmm. um with backlog golf going on i wanted to try and knock something else out so i'd mentioned last time that i was gonna go through or i was gonna try and what we called complete uh dr mario and, yeah, um, how'd that
0: go for you
1: yeah if if you didn't see in the group, I would not recommend it at all. I did it. I did it because I'm stupid, and i I just get really because competitive you hate yourself exactly exactly because I got to like level eighteen, you know, out of twenty, and uh, it's just stupid, difficult. It's like if you mess up once or twice you're you're gone, like
2: mm-hmm. d-
1: because when the you know, if you know Dr. Mario, when the viruses are piled up really high, then you're nervous because it's like, okay, I just got to position it correctly, whatever. And if I mess up, then it's going to take too long to, to break these viruses down. And you're basically just going to have to start over when you first start out. But it falls fairly slowly as you get like halfway to do- a third down, halfway down, then it really starts to pick up and they start falling like crazy and then it's just like, okay, hold on. I hope you know what's um across the entire screen because if you screw up, like, uh and um,
0: so I'm gonna have a bad time. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I'm like, I have two stinking levels. Like, how, how you you know, I'm like, I'm right here. I could taste the finish line. Um, it, of course, I mean, time wise, it did not play out that way because those last few levels are just a huge freaking pain did you uh, save scum it i did i did
0: <laughs> yes uh, i don't blame you yeah. at all so <laughs> um, i just wondered i just wondered
1: yeah yeah i had to i had to so um if that disqualifies me from the from the negative point um i get it i understand but um it, it doesn't mean that i didn't finish it It just means that I had an advantage. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. I mean, you're working with the tools that you got, man. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Thank you,
1: Virtual Console. So, Dr. Mario, Octopath. And then over the weekend, I played a little bit more Chrono Trigger. Because, you know, Mm -hmm. our our game warden, Wes, um, posted in the Backlog group about it. Since that's the game we're going through together um, for the Backlog Busters. So I just hadn't played it in a while, and I was like, "Dang, I'm still pretty. Um, I'm still in the beginning of the game. I need to put in some more time." And man, it is—it just feels so good to go back to the game. It's funny to see the differences between that game and Octopath since I'm playing two JRPGs at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting because Chrono Trigger feels slower, uh, considerably slower um but for different reasons you know because because the enemies all kind of and it's an active time battle system so that that mm-hmm. plays into it as well you can't just kind of speed through things if you want to um so so the moment to moment is kind of slower although i think the battles take longer in octopath anyways don't need to go go down that rabbit hole except to say chrono trigger is still awesome and i still love it and there it's just bringing up so many good memories. The music is fantastic. The sprite work is awesome. Um, and it's actually probably one of the games that I'll I'll mention as we talk about our our main topic a little bit more later. So, those have really been the only games that I've touched over the past 2 weeks. Um I have done some reading, a, a aka listening just through some audiobooks that I've been listening to. Um the last one that I listened to I, I've actually been getting into a lot of like Dave Ramsey stuff if you know him it's funny you were you had been talking about budgeting a few months ago mm-hmm. um, so and and I mean my wife and I we've we've done budgets before um, but then it just kind of falls by the wayside um so I, I guess with the new year I don't know what it was um, I just started looking into to our finances again and and I read through his you know I guess his big huge book the total money makeover and it was it was pretty good Mm -hmm. um so that that was the last book that i read through it's definitely um like helped me kind of think through uh just our finances and stuff like that and and finances have uh, the interesting thing about finance it's one of those things like you don't necessarily want to talk about i don't know i'm I'm kind of reticent to talk about it with people Um, but I think it also has a lot of um uh, how do I say this? The thing about finances is that it's not just about money. Like if you're just focusing on on money, you'll think about it wrongly, but but you have to focus on like what is it that you're trying to accomplish with money and and how, how are you to use yeah, how are you, how are you to actually use that money and and then especially when you're in a marriage relationship. Like how, Mm -hmm. um, how money allows you to, to do different things, even just as, uh, as a couple, um, and what you guys are going to decide to do with it. So, so it has a lot of facets, which is, I don't know, just some really cool stuff that I just don't typically think about anyways. Um, institutes, I am an entire week behind because I had did not touch the institutes this past, like I was up to, I was up to it last week i was I was where I needed to be in the the hashtag institutes twenty nineteen but then this past week, I just didn't read it at all, so need to jump back into that um James is still kind of the same slow and steady progress, so maybe another verse or two um I can't remember where I was two weeks ago, but yeah, so that's needs to get better. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, the, the small steps, that's sort of the, uh, I, w- I want to, uh, you know, while I'm moving around here, I <laughs> wanted to apologize to any listeners. I, we had a bit of a technical s- snag. My microphone started acting like really weird. And apparently Josh, Josh said it sounded like, uh, I was driving down the freeway at 60 miles an hour with mm-hmm. all my windows down. Yeah. And uh he couldn't really hear me, so we're 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 going a little bit of gorilla style here, you know, gorilla style podcasting um
1: that's okay because it's not about what you have, it's about what you do with what you have,
2: yeah, sort
1: of like our
0: main topic, well, that's a good segue, man. I wasn't even <laughs> anticipating that, but uh and and i if I sound like a little like not as enthusiastic it's because the cup of coffee that i drank earlier is not doing what it was supposed to um i think it's just more of that old man nate is getting old but yeah <laughs> so we're going to talk about like inter- like and this is a topic that we had sort of pitched uh, earlier on um uh, but we want to talk about processing power and how that gets used in games in general and so Um, you know, and now primarily the lens that I was sort of like looking at is like, I think typically what we've seen as we've jumped from generation to generation to generation is that graphically there's sort of significant improvements, Mm -hmm. which is fine, which is good. Um, I mean, because let's be honest, like that early, uh, that, that PlayStation two era as, as much as like those games and even PlayStation, you know, PlayStation one is included uh, but as much as enjoyable as those games were, and as cutting edge as we probably thought they were at that time, like, um, I just think about that. There's that, that one picture of uh, is it Squall from Final Fantasy VIII, and the the girl saying, you're the best looking guy here, and it's just like <laughs> super oh, yeah. pixelate. It's just so gross, and it's like, uh, uh, Petty Arcade did like a thing, and it's just like... Uh, the, the, the face looks like mutilated and gross and super distorted and it's, um, but it's, you know, there's, there's sort of been, um, this graphical push and that I know for years that was sort of like, but look at the graphics and that, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to sit here and say like, I wasn't party to that because, you know, and I think that that's inherent in the medium is like, we want a higher graphical fidelity um, because it's video is mm-hmm. is sort of in the in the well it's central to the way that we <laughs> identify these things like these are video games and so that that video visual element is definitely important but i think there are games too like that i think sometimes we can get caught up in this and again this is just sort of like the angle i'm 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 sort of thinking through this and but a lot of times what I've seen is this push for higher and higher graphical sort of like, you know, we're trying to approach photorealism. But the thing is, you aren't really doing much else with it because it's mm-hmm. the same sort of canned style or the cane uh, same oh, man, I'm talking really <laughs> good. Um, Logan, you'd be proud, buddy. My my words so pretty. Um, but anyways, but it's, you know, you have the same sort of basic mechanics, the same sort of basic play styles. There aren't really people who are doing a whole lot as far as pushing the genre in ways that substantially revolutionize it. And, mm. it, and, and again, like, I hope I'm not sounding too pretentious or whatever, um, but. Uh, You know, so for me, like the, the, the thing is, as we were thinking about this, I was thinking about like games that do things differently, um, for good or for ill, for ill. And, um, you know, but so I guess some of the things like that I was thinking about, I was, I was thinking about the last guardian and we talked about Mm -hmm. this a little bit before we started recording, um, like the last guardian i remember reading about it and somebody basically said like this game was is not even close to the game that they were trying to put out on the ps3 because the basically the the artificial intelligence the the power that it needed they couldn't they couldn't cobble it together from the ps3's processing yeah um and it's you know it's things like that like and as much as you, you know, for people who have played The Last Guardian, they don't like the AI, they don't like Trico or whatever, the the giant bird dog. Um, they don't like the way that that controls or it, it sort of breaks the narrative for them. I'm saying like those are the kinds of things that I'm paying attention to. Uh, another mm-hmm. game that I, I sort of thought about, um, and it's a game that I'm not. I don't want to say I dislike it, but I'm not overly fond of it, but breath of the wild. Like, yeah. can we, you know, I feel like you have to give credit a little bit of credit here. Like the physics and the way that there are a bajillion little things that that game does that I really think. So let me tell you what, like, I, I feel like a, I'm I'm just going to I'm just going to hammer through this. There's some yeah. stuff about Breath of the Wild that I really don't like. I think the the weapons breaking system is stupid. I think it's poorly implemented. I think the and and you know and I I know that I've said this over and over again, but I think the absence of a grappling hook or hook shot is absolutely I just don't even understand why they would make that game without it, especially mm. In light of, I just look at, like, it's about traversal and and all this other stuff, and I'm Mm -hmm. saying, like, you could make this a late game sort of addition to the game. Like, after you've sort of put everybody through the paces, and, you know, after they've been through so many shrines, they could have added that, and I think it would have opened up the game, and people would have been doing absolutely bonkers things. But, like, Mm -hmm. the stasis spells, the fact that um, metal items conduct electricity, and I've seen, I saw, like, you know, somebody solved a puzzle one time by just like laying a bunch of swords down. Yeah, they need to like get an electric charge, and so they just laid a bunch of swords down, and the, and and that's how they solved the puzzle. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, these things, this is like, and this is emerging gameplay stuff that is really really cool. It's a really cool use of the 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 power mm-hmm. that like, and the Switch is not some sort of like powerhouse, right? So, um. But I'm just saying, like, this, these things, those are the things that I actually, like, take note of. And that those are the things, I mean, like, yes, in some ways, uh, you know, there are other things that, you know, I'll probably bring up and talk about a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. But that's sort of, like, the general thrust. Like, when I'm thinking through this stuff, I'm saying, like, this is the stuff that gets my attention. So Yeah,
1: yeah, that makes sense. Well, and even what you mentioned that the fact that that game is on the switch is amazing i mean in yes it was originally a wii u game um but but to think like that this wii u game this this switch port or however you know however you look at it um you can take it on a handheld system is pretty Mm -hmm. amazing that they were able to To kind of do everything and and i don't know if you have seen it but there there have been some people that have broken the game to where um or maybe maybe there was like one section like anyways um the entire game has like a filter over its graphics to make it look sort of you know the whole like watercolor sort of aesthetic or or however you want to you want to say what it is um, but the actual models look different than how they look in the game because mm. of this filter that they have over everything. Um, and that's kind of one of the ways that they can get away with it um, is because the models don't look that great, but then you put this filter over it. Anyways, something like that that you can take on the go is... is I th- I, I think those types of workarounds are... Are using the processing power that you have in a way that really complements the game itself. Um, and like you said, this conversation a lot of the times it does kind of lean towards sort of the graphical fidelity of certain games. Um, but that's that's not necessarily um, it, I mean, certainly we want good graphics in our games. i'm not I'm not disparaging graphics. Um, but I think that is one of the more cheap ways to make a good game. Um, I, I think a good game is more than just its graphics, although its graphics can be a good, a big part of of the game itself. So that said, um, the way that I kind of thought through this, and maybe it was due to some of our uh, our fellow loggers in the facebook group in 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 just the way that they had responded to the question that you had put out in terms of processing power was i was trying to think through kind of the um the evolution of the medium itself and how increased processing power has affected um gaming and what is considered a good game and and how how the landscape has changed with certain, um, with certain computational advances, put it that way.
2: Okay. So,
1: so if we go all the way back, um, to the Genesis of getting, no, I'm just kidding. Um, not that far back, but at least back to the, um, to the eight bit days, you know, so back in my day when power actually meant something, um, the the jump from the 8-bit generation to the 16-bit generation was probably, as I'm looking back at it, and, and maybe, you know, this entire kind of, like, history video game is not going to be comprehensive in any, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but at least in my eyes, that's probably one of the biggest leaps in terms of um, just the advancement of video games from one generation to the next. If you look back Mm -hmm. at the eight bit games and what was created then, I mean, the, the, the kind of the, the tail end of eight bit gaming was something like Kirby's adventure, which is surprising that that could be fit on an, on a, you know, on an NES cartridge. Um, But then you look at the tail end of 16 bit games and you have stuff like Yoshi's Island, you know you have mm-hmm. things like um obviously final fantasy 6 or you know chrono trigger or stuff like that um mm-hmm. and i think the the increase in power that you ha- that you see from those two generations um i think it's across the board um made a huge impact on the way that you played video games just in general between those two the, the two console generations um so so in graphics obviously there's a huge change now i mean late late 8-bit games and early 16-bit games yeah maybe they didn't have as much of a change but if you look over the span of the the generation i think there were um huge advancements in terms of graphics um music is is another huge area um when i think of like super nintendo soundtracks NES has some great chip tunes. I'm not I'm not downplaying it, but you can only have so many channels on an NES versus I mean I mean obviously it's still limited in Super Nintendo as well. But the 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 depth of sound that you had on 16-bit consoles, I feel like was just a was a marked improvement. Um and then of course I think I think it also in terms of storytelling in the video games in the in what they were trying to convey to you um, when you only had so much space in a cartridge. I mean, it's still the same with the 16
0: bit cartridge as well. <coughs> Excuse me. I think, it, are you, are you dying? A li- don't a, die on the podcast. Eventually. Oh, okay.
1: Okay. That I don't think will happen, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there. It will happen one day. Hopefully not tonight. I don't think tonight. No, no, <laughs> I'm just, but it's okay if I do, then no one will ever hear this. So, you know. Yeah, don't don't <laughs> die tonight.
0: I want our conversation to be heard. Well, I mean, like the important part is that we're having it. Yes, so that's true. And that's unfortunately, true. we're just pulling all these suckers along for the ride. <laughs> I mean. I think it is interesting to know, and and you know, it's something w- we both sort of hit on. Like the the easy, like the low hanging fruit here is always going to be graphical fidelity, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I, I'm going to use that term, but it's like we're always going to be able, like, you know, that's the one that is is sort of going to be the bit that sort of grabs you from the get go. Like the jump from eight to sixteen, from sixteen to polygonal, from mm-hmm. polygonal to Whatever they're doing now, the CGI, like the the high texture map, like yeah. whatever. I I'm not even like this is how like out of the loop I am. Like, well, I mean,
1: actually,
0: oh, no, you're going that guy. No, I'm not. Actually,
1: I'm not, I'm not, I'm just just
0: um, but yeah, I mean, like, and, and but it's like you know, you look at you look at just sort of like the the progress there, and like the easy like the easy to grab is like sort of like you know, look at Laura Croft when they first made. Tomb Raider mm. on yeah and it's like it's just triangles and yeah. rectangles and they sort of like rig them together and then um, you know you've got the, the, the most recent incarnation of Laura um, on the, the the shadow of the Tomb Raider and, mm-hmm. and all that and like man like that's gorgeous like and, and, and again like I, I don't want to sort of sound like some sort of snob where it's like, uh, you know, I appreciate like good, I mean, the, you know, just sort of like talking about like, um, graphics and stuff like the facial animations on Spider-Man, Micah Hendrick, um, and I were sort of talking a little bit about it and he Mm -hmm. said like the facial animations in that game are like, and, and he was, he was dead on is that. They and I and I think in a lot of ways that's sort of like is what sort of hooked me into that game is that the the facial expressions and animations it's like they convey legitimate and real emotion, hmm. um, or or you know, but uh, a, a, simul- a simulacrum of <laughs> real emotion, like you yeah. know, they, it, but it's 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 not real, but it's like it's very, very well done, and uh, yeah, but I you know, so. Yeah, I just, I just like, like I said, the the easy, the the sort of low hanging fruit here is the uh, the the sort of the visual side of it. Right. But I like the fact that you even brought up, like, listen, like the the chip tunes on the eight bit NES versus like the 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 MIDI files or whatever that showed up on uh, the sixteen bit systems and like the the tracks. I mean, like. Um what was it? Somebody I remember reading it was one of the Sonic games Michael Jackson was actually mm-hmm. helping to compose the soundtrack to that game. And I think it was Sonic 3. Yep. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. But it's like they like even from like like yeah, like so you have like the you know the original like Mario Brothers theme which is like you know very good. But it's very, mm-hmm. very limited to the fact that like, you know, okay, like even within the space of a generation, you have like one of the world's greatest pop stars, you know, the Prince of Pop, mm-hmm. you know, contributing and helping to to make music on on these games where and then it's it's even gotten better. So, yeah, you know, and again, like those are areas where we can sort of acknowledge that th- this thing is progressing and growing and yeah. maturing. Mm
1: hmm. And of course, you know, Sonic three was really um helped out by its blast processing. So
0: Oh, you you had to work that in. <laughs> well, I mean
1: I Wes, all... you know, he mentioned it and so I had to, you know, there it, it had oh. to have its 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 time in the in the hot sun.
0: Nintend- uh, Sega does what Nintendo don't. Apparently. And yeah, that, with all that blast processing. You can have three Sonics. Um, but, but we want to play with power. <laughs> that's
1: that's what I was thinking about naming the episode by the way. Now you're I, playing I with that, power. I
0: think that's 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 a that's a good. <laughs> I mean, I think I think we we the other one I was I was going to pitch at you was like a whole bunch of stupid. You know, cuz we were talking <laughs> yeah, about my stupid true. microphone, your stupid <laughs> head cold, you know, um I th- I think that, that now you're play with power is a little bit better. <laughs> Well we've got a subtitle um, so yeah there you yeah, <laughs> yeah I like that um, so anyways, yeah. so I didn't mean to hijack you or inverting. oh no
1: no it's all good um and then another th- another thing that Wes had brought up was just how um the early i I'm thinking in particular because I know about them more NES and Super Nintendo how um th- the manufacturers were actually able to add chips onto the cartridge that would help do certain things so they would add more um ability to the games themselves. So something like on Super Nintendo you have the Super FX chip um that allowed for an early version of 3D gaming with Star Fox and Stunt Race FX and games like that. Um you know that run at like 8 frames per second, but they still run mm. on a Super Nintendo. Mm. They're very hard to go back to. I will fully I loved Star Fox on Super Nintendo as a kid. Don't get me wrong, um i that that game holds a special pl- i think that's the last video game that my dad ever played um because after that he just said that video games are stupid i think he saw that his kids loved them so much that he was trying to like downplay um their th- the the things that you you should enjoy about he, he them.
0: didn't he didn't want you to become mindless automatons
1: exactly exactly why would you play the dumb games um, These things are
0: dumb. <laughs> Quit wasting your time with them.
1: But I remember he enjoyed it as, you know, thinking of it as like a flight sim. Um so, anyways, I love Star Fox, but going back to it is difficult. Like yeah. I, and I and I booted it up on the PlayStation or PlayStation. How? PlayStation Classic? No. Um, the SNES classic. And uh and it's fun, don't get me wrong, but I was like. Has it always been this jaggy and this, uh, like, stilted of a game? I, I don't remember it being this... Uh, Dude,
0: the, the thing is, when that came out, we were like, Whoa, look yeah. how smooth this is! Yeah, yeah. And uh, now you, know. you have to...
1: Because it affects the way that you control it. Anyways... For its time, um, things like that were awesome. And then there were other chips that were kind of under the hood. There was an, there was a another version. I want to say of the Super FX. I think it was the Super FX two that was in Yoshi's Island that was able to make um, some of the uh, yeah because it made it made the um, the enemies the, when you go up against a boss they increase in size. And so in order to actually blow up their sprite like that um, and to scale sprites that's what it's called scaling um there were there were certain chips that allowed you to do that so so um i i i'm not sure you know the how extensive that was adding the chips i imagine it made the games themselves much more expensive because just physically you had to add things to the cartridge um but that's certainly uh i think an interesting kind of sort of half step that was available to um game creators back when we used cartridges you know, because I mean, like even with a switch cartridge nowadays, there's not really m- much you can add to a little cartridge mm. like that. you know that now I know you can you can purchase bigger cartridges from Nintendo because I've heard of the whole like switch tax thing. It actually costs the the uh, I guess the publisher or whoever's putting it out more money if they want to use a bigger card, and so that's why you see some games that only have a fraction of the game on the card and you have to download it, download the rest mm. of it. So there are workarounds, and maybe that's something um, kind of the more modern era of this whole processing power thing is the, the beauty of the internet and how you can download games instead of, you know. So so there's, there's something to be said about that as well. Um, but those extra chips that you can put on carts um, was a really cool kind of innovation for its time. Um, the next kind of like half step, and I only bring this up because I was recently uh, reminded of it from a YouTube video that I watched recently um is the the idea of pre-rendered sprites so back before you could go 3d um and, and this these are games like killer instinct and and uh donkey kong country and things like that where the the um team would actually 3d model these characters and basically at least my understanding is they would just take pictures of the models doing things you know so you would animate donkey kong running and then you would take pictures of it and put those t- t- put those pictures together as a sprite. So the game looks like it's in three D, but it's not. It's just pictures of what hmm. you know. They're two D images of of three D models that were modeled on a completely different workstation. the The Super Nintendo itself was not running any three D models. Um, so that's another interesting workaround uh donkey kong country is probably the, the, at least that series was probably the best of all those types of games um pre-rendered graphics it seems was kind of a uh kind of a fad <laughs> it was kind of a like if your game had pre-rendered graphics then it was gonna sell because whoa this looks so cool you're playing a 3d game on a super nintendo or on a um you know whatever i'm, I'm trying to think what else it was on Again, my experiences with Super Nintendo so that's kind of what I what I think of. Um, but the, so that's another kind of innovative sort of half measure in between in between console generations, I guess. And then of course you hit the 3D graphics in general with PlayStation and Nintendo 64 and things like that. Um one of the things that 3D did is that It created an entirely new type of game which is kind of cool um it's not quite just just because you have a 3d plane you know there's there's overhead view and there's three quarters view you know like old zelda games and things like that but when you have a 3d game it actually kind of changes the way that you play the video game now you're in control of the camera as well something that they learned later on uh to actually make the games run well uh mm-hmm. so so there one of the things i think one of the best things i think about just kind of the 3d era in general even though it took a while to kind of get it right was that it it opened up gaming so that you have entirely new styles or new genres of video games that were under this 3d heading i think the downside to that was um and i can't remember where i've heard this so hopefully this is not um faulty information but my understanding was that for a while playstation actually had a no 2d policy like if you wanted to put a game out on playstation it had to take advantage of the 3d capabilities you could not put out a a 2d game on playstation Hmm. um and it was because 3d games are what the console was sold on and it's what the market wanted um and that to me I think is the downside of this whole processing power thing, is that game game developers or whoever get so obsessed with the latest and greatest that they kind of it becomes a gimmick, and a lot of games are the same, and they are sold on the promise of graphical fidelity, um, and it becomes kind of a one trick pony where the games themselves. Uh, aren't, aren't they're not that great. Um, but they're sold on the basis of, oh, well now you get whatever is new, whether that's, you know, 3D polygonal graphics or whether it's um, you know, the, the an open world adventure that is littered with checkpoints uh and not much else.
0: Yeah. Well, and, yeah, I mean that's that's I I think it's interesting that you bring up the open world thing. Like open world gaming for a long time was a very sort of niche thing. There right. weren't a ton of games that were doing it. And then they just at some point in time, there was sort of like this tipping point where everybody was like, no, this is the thing. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's, I mean, it, you know, yeah, pros and cons there. And so it's, it's very easy to watch these things sort of saturate the market. And, um, but I mean, a lot of times I think of games like, um, you know, and, and again, I think some of the, the, the sort of like the easy sort of like, you know, marks here are uh, a lot of games that I'm th- like, a couple of the games that I'm thinking of in particular, like I'm thinking of the, the Borderlands franchise. Okay. Um, like originally that game was pitched as sort of like, you know, they were shooting for like a hyper realistic engine. Oh, it wow! It's going to be like super dark and gritty. I remember like the original screenshots from Borderlands and to be perfectly honest, it was a game that like I looked at it and I was like, Nope, just like, just <laughs> like, it was like, I look at the screenshots. I was like, hard pass. This looks boring and sort of samey. And I, I need, I want to play a shooter. Like, you know, I, I need it. Like, you know, it's like, I need to play this like I need a hole in my head, yeah. Um, and then um, I remember just sort of at one point in time I saw like the the revamp and they're like, oh, we're going to do the cell shading thing and sort of make it super cartoony and sort of bizarre. And um, you know, they they ended up saving a lot, of, like you know, sort of like scaling back some some of the the resources needed to make this game, and in other ways. They were able to sort of like supplement the rest of the game mm-hmm. by sort of scaling. It was it was originally like, you know, they were doing it. I think it it is in the first one at least. I don't know altogether because I don't really pay. But it was they were doing it in the Unreal Engine and the everything that the game because like the the whole hook is like there's millions of guns with millions of variables and da 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 da. You know, it's sort of this, is it's it's a loot grind of the highest caliber. And, um, you know, the, the thing here was this idea that, like, uh, you know, by sort of abandoning, and I could be totally wrong on this, and if I am and somebody knows better than I do, you know, feel free to, you know, email, get on Facebook, <laughs> yell at me, whatever. Um, you know, or, you know, if you present a compelling enough argument, or statement, you know, maybe we'll just have you on the show, and you can tell everybody how stupid I am. Um, but that's, you know, um, <laughs> the the point was like they they switched over to that cell shaded style, and that became sort of one of the distinguishing factors. Like they sort of abandoned this need to sort of like compete and say like it's going to be hyper realistic and super gritty and all this other stuff, and they sort of went in it, and because they went in a different direction. That game that franchise became what it is now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, so they they sort of like eschewed and sort of you know kind of ignored sort of like the rat race, mm-hmm. which I think like and I just admire that. And another game that I think of uh, is uh, Okami, and I yeah. know that we've sort of talked about it, but it's like you know if you look at the early screenshots for that game and you know conceptual stuff like for that game. Like, it was originally something very, very different. Like, it looked very, very different. And again, it's sort of one of those things. They started playing around with this thing, and they were like, well, you know, we're not going to be able to do this whole sort of hyper-realistic rendering and everything else. And then they ended up embracing sort of like that Sumi-A, I think that's what it's called. Like, it's Mm -hmm. the Japanese watercolour. Yeah, you know block printing sort of style, what? And it's like, and it's gorgeous, and that game is is visually striking. And again, like the reason it's sort of, I really noticed it, was because they sort of again ignored sort of saying like we're going to sort of try and keep up with this, you know the the graphic the graphical rat race. Mm-hmm. And so, and again, like those things have a very distinct aesthetic, and they're. They have a very distinct graphical sort of edge, but I think a lot of times, you know, like I said, I'm I'm much more interested in sort of what's going on underneath the hood and behind the scenes. Yeah. Um. Then, like, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, you you want a game to look good. Yeah. But, I mean, like I said, I think the most interesting parts. Like, and, and, and again, sort of even going back to the Breath of the Wild illustration I threw mm-hmm. out earlier. Like, frankly, you know, and I know that some people will, will, like, you know, pronounce me anathema for saying this. But I think Breath (laughs) of the Wild is kind of a boring game. Um, I don't really like it that much. Um, I'm not really sold on the combat. At at some point in time, I'm going to go back, revisit it. You know, I think it's fine. Mm -hmm. I think it's an okay game. I think, you know, and I've probably said this before, but I think if it wasn't sort of pitched in the... I think that it it sort of gets a little bit of a bump because it's a Legend of Zelda game. And I Mm -hmm. think that if you sort of removed sort of the Legend of Zelda lore, you'd have an interesting, you'd have a good game, an okay game, but it wouldn't have gotten nearly the the high praise, like nearly the praise that it did. I don't think it would have even come close, but... I think, again, though, there's some absolutely fascinating things going on with that game. Mm -hmm. Uh, The fact that, like, most surfaces, you can actually just climb up. Um, Yeah. You can, like, you know, even something as goofy as this, like, you can shoot. And now, granted, you can do this in Shadow of the Colossus, too. So it's not like they were the first ones who ever did this, people. Mm -hmm. You know, just, just so we're clear here. But, like, you can shoot fruit off trees, you know, but like it's those little touches to me, like again, like the laying down a bunch of metal swords and creating a connection point for electrical power. Like (laughs) that's very cool stuff. Yeah. You know, um, you know, the fact that like, if you're carrying metal on you in a thunderstorm, like lightning might hit you. And if it does, it's going to (laughs) hurt. And, you know that that's the kind of stuff. Uh, the the way fire spreads. I remember Far Cry. Um, it's Far Cry One or Two. I remember listening to a guy talk about the fact, like, it's the emergent gameplay stuff that I'm always super interested in. Mm. But he was like, he was playing around with fire in one of these Far Cry games. He was like, he's like, I caught some weeds on fire. He's like, I had to, you know, I the whatever mission he was on, you know, he was having problems with. He's like, so I just went in and I set this grasslands on fire. And it, it it ended up because it was so like, you know, and the fire would actually spread and yeah. catch. And he's like, and that's what ended up giving him the advantage in that mission. And that's nice. how he ended up beating it. But it's like, that's the kind of stuff that I think is, is interesting. And, and I always and and colin moriarty i think has even said this as well like i'm always much more er, interested in seeing how like because i think honestly like we're hitting a point where you know frankly i don't need video games to be photorealistic Mm -hmm. i think we're, we're hitting a point where they are they look really good and I'm okay with them not being photorealistic. Now, I, granted, I'm not like the majority or whatever, and I'm not PC Master Race. Yeah. Um, But, you know, because those guys, you know, they're probably playing Skyrim, and it looks better than real life. Um, <laughs> but. In VR. In VR, yeah. <laughs> um, at 60 frames a second, native 4K. Oh, sh- you scrub.
1: Yeah. It's got to be at least
0: 120. <laughs> Uh, okay. per eye well, in uh, VR per eye. like it's 120 frames per second <laughs> I, I, yeah whatever Anyways. Yeah, yeah, PCMR good for you boys um, but you know there's always that sort of like that push for like the higher, higher graphical fidelity but mm-hmm. it's like I said like and I think in some ways like PCMR is, is sort of like PC is like sort of the arena where we see the most sort of experimentation with that but again, yeah. it's just sort of, uh, it's an interesting thing to me where I think the the games, like, and th- I mean, the, the one of the reasons, like, and I'll be perfectly frank, Okami, mm-hmm. as much as I like that game, is really kind of cumbersome. Okay. It's about 20 hours too long, in my opinion. <laughs> um, like, I, I really think, like, you could have, like... Just finish the game out at like thirty or forty hours, and it would have been absolutely fine. Um, Wait,
1: are you saying that it's it's like fifty or sixty? Uh I think so. Oh my gosh! I, See, I, I thought it was I, like thirty.
0: Oh wow! No, I think it's like pushing like forty. Okay, um, forty or fifty. Um, at least I know. I know when I now I also tend to be very slow. I know yeah. that I think I I push like close to 60 or 70 hours on that. Okay. So, um, yeah. but again, yeah. you know, that's like, but I, I, and again, this is just sort of, I'm just saying like, and there are yeah. things about that game that sort of frustrate me. Um, even the brushstroke, like combat sort of not even combat, but the brushstroke interactions and using the, the, the celestial brush techniques and stuff like that's, that's very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I think the implementation isn't great but i think like the the thing that gets me is that um is just the fact that it is so aesthetically different it's like this is this is the interesting part to me and again yeah. that's like the 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 sort of like and again that's sort of like low hanging fruit but like the fact that like you went there and you have something that is special because you sort of buck the trend of going you know, with the the hyper realistic polygonal route, because this is a game that coexisted in its original iteration, coexisted, you know, beside it uh, it it was a PS2 game, so it mm-hmm. it's it came out the same time as like Shadow of the Colossus and you know uh, Jeepers, I want to say it was like, the same year as Twilight Princess. Yeah, I I, I think it might have been or they were sort of like within spinning distance you know of mm-hmm. sort of like as as far as time frames go and so it's like it's like you have you you have these very like sort of like palpable examples that you can exa- like like you can examine and say like there is a reason that this game you know uh stands out yeah and yes it is it is primarily a an aesthetic reason but i'm saying like that's that's important like and it's and so it's it's things like that when when people are like you know again i am much more interested like here's here's what i'll say too like sort of referencing the going back to the breath of the wild thing i am much more interested in seeing where they go now that they have this this toolkit that they've created with the breath of the wild game mm-hmm. right like i look at that the same way that i would look at like the original assassin's creed Mm-hmm. Like one of the things I love there about the original Assassin's Creed is like the way you would climb up things like the 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 parkour, the free climbing, all that stuff. I thought that was really well implemented. It was interesting. I think the rest of the game was kind of lackluster and kind of boring and not great. Um, that's just me. It was like okay. it, it started to hit a point where it's pretty samey. But I'm saying like I think like it's what I call like good bones. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like Breath of the Wild has really good bones. I think mm-hmm. the execution is kind of like lacking in my opinion, okay. but I'm absolutely tickled to see what they do with that next. Yeah. Because if you don't take like all the the things that you did really, really right here and learn from them, like you have something, you the, the next thing could be the one that sort of like pushes me over the edge where I go, aha, like that's yes. I see, I like, yes, you need breath of the wild to get here, but this is the real master stroke. Yeah. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. But if you were pushed off the edge, you would hope to at least come back with the hook shot though.
0: Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's why you need the hook shot. Exactly. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I, I think, I think we need to have a breath of the wild episode. Um, cause I think we both have different thoughts on it and, not to. I don't say that because I I want like a bunch of people to beat up on you, but I do think we could have other people on as well to kind of share their thoughts. Yeah. Um. That that would be kind of fun. That's just what I'm thinking of. As as I we're mean, that's just
0: more people because, for me to tell they're wrong. But you <laughs> I mean, know. if that's yeah, that's what you want to do. Uh,
1: no, but I I think that would be fun. Um. The other thing, as you're talking about it, I I, I just kind of. Re- I say I just realized that this is a funny thing to just realize. I've never actually played an Assassin's Creed game. So, um, which is weird because I own a handful of them. Um, the closest I've gotten is I played through that first uh, Lord of the Rings, what is it? Uh uh, uh Shadow of Mordor. That's what it's called. Mm. And I really enjoyed that game. And I heard that it's that one's basically Batman Arkham plus
0: uh plus Assassin's Creed. Whoa. And, That that's another great game to sort of talk about though when you're talking about processing power and and the interesting ways they use it. Like now again, this is a game that is very sort of like on par with other games as as far as graphics go. Mm -hmm. But I mean it was a last gen game. So it was playing on the PS3 and the 360 but they had to gut a lot of it because it couldn't run. I think the nemesis system was so the nemesis system is like one of these things where like, you know, if you're not familiar with it, like, yeah, I mean, you've played the game, Josh. So you kill a guy and sometimes he comes back Mm -hmm. and because you didn't really kill him, even though it looks like you chopped off (laughs) his head, you know, but I'm, I'm sorry. Like that was always my one like weird foible there. I'm like, if you chop off his head,
1: <laughs> how does he like, you know, the, the, the
0: ones like it's like, oh, like, you know, like the you do like the assassination and you like yeah. stab him through the eye or something. Yeah. I'm like, OK, like maybe live through that and, and have like an eye patch and be like even more deranged than usual. But anyways, I digress. But what? it's like that that system. And the way that it kept track of all those weird interactions that you would have with those enemies and the way that they would get stronger or develop fears or overcome weaknesses or whatever. I'm like, that's fascinating. Yeah, that's true. That's the meat of the game. Like the, the, the game hinges on that. Like without that system in play, it's just sort of like an Assassin's Creed clone. Which it sort of is anyways, but then there's this, it's got this extra hook, and that's what I'm saying, like, those are the ones that always, like, I played um, Shadow of Mordor and loved it, and it was because, mm-hmm. like, there was always, like, that weird, you you would always exploit their weaknesses, and then, yeah. like, you know, so you'd unleash a pack of wargs on them or something, Yeah, and then he'd you know, run away screaming or get mauled or whatever. And then he'd come back and it's like, well, now he's immune to wargs. Yeah. And so I don't know. Like, those are the things like that I really get like, sort of like excited about. Like when I see those, those steps and those sort of hooks put in there. Yeah.
1: Kind of, kind of. And it is interesting too, because I remember even leading up to that game that that got, the Nemesis system got a lot of press. Like that was also a, one of the big things that they were selling the game on. Now obviously, mm-hmm. they have the Lord of the Rings license, so they were selling it on that as well. Um but it, it's it's funny just in hindsight just how it hasn't seemed to have made the impact that they wanted it to. You know, um the other the other thing that I can think of that is similar to this is some of the things that Xbox has said about their console. I mean, obviously, there are things like Kinect um, that had some real potential, that had some real interesting things going for it that never really went anywhere. Um, But particularly, I remember when they put out, um, I think it was uh, Forza Horizon 2, and they had this thing called a Drivatar. Do you remember this? It was Mm. like a... it, It was basically when it your... The game would um basically record things about the way that you play. So if you like to drift a lot, you know, if you if it noticed you were you were hitting the e-break right before a turn or or, or something like just the way that you enjoyed playing, it would take that information and it would teach all of the AI um controlled characters in the game that you like basically ways to force you to stop doing that or it played um more like a person and learned your playing style and played against it if that made mm. sense and it did the same thing like the information that it learned about you as a player um it put into your drive avatar so that when you were on Xbox Live or actually when you weren't on Xbox Live you would show up in other people's games and you would play somewhat similar to as if you were actually playing like it would program hmm. the ai to play and do the certain things that you like doing um so i like,
0: that the ai would play better than i would
1: though <laughs> yeah i'm i'm not into well i guess horizon isn't the realistic type of driving game but anyways those just aren't aren't big on my list but i'm also not a big xbox guy so i've never actually played a forza game um i just haven't had the 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 interest in it who knows maybe some somewhere down the line i but i do remember following just kind of the gaming press at the time and how that was the big thing about that game in fact there was even um there was an article that i read like a year or so after the game came out where this guy was talking about how he would play the game with his dad and his dad passed away suddenly and um on his xbox he still has his dad's avatar, and so he'll go back and play the game just for mm. that sense of nostalgia, because that that his dad's avatar actually played similar to how his dad played, which was really interesting. Mm. Um, and 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 so with something like that, I think uh, goes along the lines of these really cool kind of advances that haven't really necessarily caught on. You know, I, I think this was around the time um, when when Microsoft was really kind of pushing the whole cloud computing type of thing. So. I think it was Xbox one. It might've been, it might've been 360, but I think I'm pretty sure it was Xbox one. How they were talking about, um, you know, that the future is, is processing in the cloud and not having, you know, dedicated consoles and things like that. And cloud processing actually allowed all this AI learning so that it could do all these things, Um, which again has potential. uh, It just hasn't fully played out at this moment in time, which is interesting. Yeah
0: that the that crackdown 3 was supposed to be big a big uh sort of utilizer of the cloud processing okay and everything that i think that i've heard about it is kind of like uh oh, they kind of didn't really it, it's not really living up to expectations yeah so
1: i saw that headline but, i didn't read the article i've never played a crackdown game so i don't know
0: yeah what the I, I played like the first one on 360 it was okay. fun. cool it was fun i mean it was just to me it was just like an open world game okay you know which i was sort of you know unfortunately i think i i do tend to be a little contrarian so mm-hmm. when people are like this is a good thing i'm like is it <laughs> is it really mm. you know um Sort of like with Which, Breath of the Wild. But um so Yeah. Hey, I, I was I was gonna like I I, I was sort of <laughs> waiting for you to like take that shot. So you know. Yeah it know. was it was wide open. So
1: um well and that's also with multiplayer games like that, I think that's something that we don't realize nowadays, but I I know, especially, you know, kind of growing up, I remember when they first um I remember when you could rent from the video store the um the super nintendo like basically a modem for your super nintendo so so Mm -hmm. certain games you could go online and play against someone else you know like a fighting game or something like that um whereas now it's it's just kind of taken for granted like yeah of course you have an online component um and that kind of stuff like it took a long time to kind of build this infrastructure where multiple people could play together in the same arena Um, you know from from like the original halo which really kind of pushed that with xbox live and things like that Um, and then call of duty how that started on pc and then came to consoles Um, to something like you know team fortress 2 that was huge i don't know if it's still huge but i know it was huge for a a good long time and even something like fortnite you know like a hundred people in an arena was unthinkable you know, back in the PlayStation era, even PlayStation Two,
0: there was a—I a, think it might have been a PlayStation Three game called Mag, which mm-hmm. Mag stood for. It was M A G, and it stood for Massive Action Game. <laughs> and it was like it was like that's I—I I remember reading about it, and the, their big thing was like you're going to be able to play with like 50 other people, yeah, in the same match, and it's like. Well, and it's like then you brought up like okay, like and at the time everybody's like, whoa, yeah. and then it's like Fortnite, like now we're like, oh yeah, you know, Battle Royale, I drop it's, in there with hundred other, it's free, yeah. yeah, and I drop in there with a hundred other people or ninety nine other people,
1: and I'm playing and, it on my phone,
0: <laughs> and yeah, you know? and and I get like I get you know no scope like headshot. By some like 12 year old who has entirely too much time on their hands. Um, yeah, but, that's 12 year olds for you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really just jealous. You know, that's, <laughs> that's what it really is. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like I said, you, you know, for me, the, the, the interesting part is like, you know, I, I, I want to go back to like, I, I'd like to see because I'm not saying that we've like arrived when it comes to sort of like graphical fidelity, mm. but I think like in a lot of ways, like the, the, the changes that we're going to see from here on out when it comes to that are going to be a lot less substantial than like the, the, the previous iterations. Yeah. Like, you know, we're, we're never going to have, like, I think we're at a point where it's like, and, and okay, even with like things like VR sort of becoming a norm. We're never going to have sort of like, you know, even even if you look at what we're we're doing, or not we, we um, <laughs> but what I mean because you know, frankly, uh, you and I aren't in game development, and if we were, that might be really scary. Um, <laughs> it we would might be a not, retro game. <laughs> well, and and we'd probably be very poor. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's true. Well, I mean yeah, anyway, anyways, <laughs> um, off topic, off topic. let's uh, but I'm just saying like're we're, we're not gonna have like those big jumps like we, you know from 16 bit to polygonal, from polygonal to the next step. You know, yeah, like the, those, we've sort of hit a point where now it's sort of like in increments. And so like things are constantly getting better, like you know and and the, the algorithms are getting smarter and tighter and so it's like now you've got like things like the witcher that um mm-hmm. i mean i remember when fallout 3 came out and people were like it was like that was the standard and it was yeah. like yes it was it was like it was ugly as dog vomit and everybody <laughs> knew it but like there was so much that you could do in that world like there there, like whatever you wanted to do you could conceivably figure out a way like you know um to sort of exist in this world in a lot of ways, but then you have something like now, now we have like the Witcher and it's like, you know, okay. So you have a game that's bigger than fallout three. It's more complex than fallout three in a lot of ways. And it prettier, you know, and it's like, you know, I look at the cyberpunk game that CD project red is, is, um, Recording there. Yeah. uh, I'm not recording. Man, I'm super (laughs) good with words. Cyberpunk 2077. Whatever. Is it 2077? I think think it's 2077. I mean, like, here's the reality, people. Like, um, and at some point in time, I think we should probably talk about this. I'm not going to touch it. Just Mm -hmm. like I I won't touch The Witcher. Um, Not because I think those games are bad or anything because i know there's going to be nudity and i just it for me even though it's like pixelated or digitally constructed boob it's not mine to look at um (laughs) you know anyways so just short but i'm saying like i can still sort of admire those games from a distance and sort of like saying like no like these guys are pushing the envelope, but it's all like words of attrition, so like become hum- Detroit become human. Like yeah. these things like these, these things are absolutely gorgeous, but like these are small steps. It's all going to be smaller steps. So instead of like, sort of like focusing on sort of making this thing look more and more like real life, because I don't think that a lot of people are actually playing video games to sort of jump into, like, you know, it's 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 basically escapism, people. Can we just be honest about it for a little <laughs> bit? Like, you're you're not playing a video game to, like, I mean, yes, we have things like Stardew Valley, which is basically sort of like an adventure farm simulator, which is not that grounded. But we, I mean, we have, like, farming simulators. So, what I'm saying is, the majority of people who are playing video games are not playing them to experience real life in a different way. They're playing games to experience, like, an escape, to actualize some sort of escapism. And so I don't, I think that, and again, just sort of, this is me sort of revisiting the same idea over and over again. I'm much more interested, like, in what the ramifications of, like, the the AI for, for Trico have going down the road than I am sort of, like, saying, like, oh, well, I can see the grains of the feathers of Trico. Or I can hmm. see his, you know, whatever, and, you know, I I think, so like I keep coming back, like I said, for me it's the stuff that's sort of under the engine that really sort of gets me interested. Like I know a lot of people didn't like Trico from The Last Guardian because like they're like, you know, he's he's a pain, he doesn't do what I want. It's this, it's that, you know. And I'm saying, that's sort of the point. Yeah, that this this creature. Is not just sort of a vessel of your will. It is a, a thing that you must sort of come to terms with and interact with and work alongside and adapt to. It's like, it's more about, like, uh, he doesn't do exactly what I want. I said, well, you know, and I'm thinking, like, let's, you know, anybody who owns a pet's going to like tell you that's kind of how it works. Animals <laughs> don't do exactly what we want. If they did, you know, um, home lives would be a lot more harmonious or, you know, but whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh,
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So AI is an interesting thing just in and of itself. I mean, even outside of the realm of video games, it's still a, um, a field that, that has a lot, there's a lot more to, to kind of learn and to, it, it, it still feels like it's getting off the ground, if that makes sense, in, in, a, in a lot of different ways. Um, so thinking through how that could be implemented in video games. And, and video games are simplistic compared with, you know, real-life applications of things like self-driving cars, which is scary. Um, th- so anyways, I guess that's a whole other mm-hmm. rabbit hole. But, but just the way that that kind of is used within video games is, is definitely interesting as well and could create mm-hmm. some really cool... Um, experiences there too. Um, Man, oh man. What was that?
0: Yeah. And I just like something just popped into my head. Like what if you paired something like Trico's sort of behavioral algorithms and like, okay, so you have this AI and then you pair it with something like the nemesis system. So you have Mm -hmm. a bunch of enemies that act sort of wildly independently from each other and are constantly learning, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like, you know, instead of like, you know, because the nemesis system in a lot of ways was sort of rudimentary. Like, it's yeah. like, it's a sort of like, you do X, there's a certain response to X, whether it's an immunity or an aversion or whatever. Um, but it's like, what if, what if that that sort of expression was much more nuanced? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something like that, like Those are the things that I, like, where instead of, you know, you're the guy from Far Cry who's like, hey, I can set this field on fire. Like, your enemies, like, the the game's in-game enemies say, well, this dude, like, likes to hide in, like, bushes and grassy knolls. Let's burn down every bush. (laughs) Yeah, right. You know, things like that. That's the stuff that I'm like, no, like, I can't. I can't wait to see sort of like the next iteration of these things mm-hmm. or the next implementation. Yeah. Yeah. You
1: know? And I th- I think at that point too it becomes it becomes far more complicated to kind of factor in like basically that you're not breaking the game open and that the mm-hmm. AI itself is not breaking the game. <laughs> so um I understand it's going to take some like this is going to come from a AAA the development team, you know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe on a tiny scale, you could do so. I mean, in that case, then it would be more something like one of those joke games, you know, like uh, what was that goat game? I don't even remember what it was called. Goat simulator, you know, something stupid like that, where it's just a physics game. That's about breaking the game. Um, But, but to take this in a, in a kind of a real direction, to actually make an entire game out of this, like you're going to have to dump some cash into it to really to kind mm-hmm. of to actualize that. Um, but jumping back, I did have a handful of games just that I I think kind of exemplify this idea as well. But again, I'm taking a look at it from the terms of of what's come before. So I've, I maybe this is all out of order because now we've already talked about kind of some of the things that we'd like to see in the future, which is super cool. Um, but uh, taking a look back, I think some, some notable games that, that are, um, very well known because of the things that they introduced, um, I mean, I have to say Chrono Trigger, one of the things playing through it again is, is recognizing how many little things, and I mentioned this on the last episode, that if you do something in a certain time period, it will actually affect future time periods. Um, there are lots of little things that um, the, t- the team just put so much love into the way that the, the time periods interact with each other that I think um, was an awesome way of of showing it, that you could create these worlds that, that kind of interacted with each other, I guess. Um, so I think that's awesome. Um, another one that sticks out to me, kind of the next up on the list, would be Symphony of the Night. Um, you know, spoiler alert if you haven't actually 100% you know, beaten this game, but once you get to the end boss, if you do it the right way, um the whole game the entire castle that you've been in the the whole game flips upside down and so now you finish the game you're basically only halfway done with the game except you're super powerful now um and now you have to go back and complete the entire castle where everything is flipped upside down so you're walking on the ceilings a lot of the time of course you have the bat power so you can fly through stuff as well um but that's something else that that I find is is just so cool that they thought to 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 kind of sub subvert your expectation of what this game is um, by literally flipping it on its head in order to beat it. Well,
0: and for the just like sort of a, a something to think about is like think about the intentionality of level design on yeah. that. So that every every single frame or every single like room or mm-hmm. however you want to look at that has to be able to be played right side up and then upside down. Yep. So like yeah. that's very, yeah, that's one of those like the sort of like that's a milestone.
1: Yeah. And instead of creating two worlds, you only have to create the one, but just put that intentionality there. So now mm-hmm. it doesn't take up the space of two entire game worlds. It o- it's only one world, but you flip it on its head and now it feels mm-hmm. like you're playing in two different ones. Um, so, so even, even messing with the limitations that you had on a CD, um, which, yeah, I, I, I think that's just so cool that they were able to do that. Um, I know people will, will maybe have an issue with this, but it really was, um, this game had a huge impact and that game is Wii Sports. Okay. Um, just because it introduced motion controls in a way that was almost whimsical because you you just get it you got it right i'm not saying that like it was always the most functional thing the boxing on wii sports still frustrates me to no end because my my younger sister could like beat me every single time anyways um (laughs) but i think the use of technology and and how you interact with that game uh, well, I mean, I think it played out in the sales of that
0: game and that system in general. Um, well, it, I mean, the thing about Wii Sports, you know, just to sort of like chime in here, is it? It was a proof of concept piece. Mm-hmm. Like it was saying, like, you no, know, this thing, the like, because I mean, motion control just seems sort of a gimmicky from the get go, mm-hmm. and then when you see it, like, like executed and executed well it's like okay like this is is this is the potential and like the reality is like motion control hasn't gone away it's just been refined yeah you know now yeah. it's it's coexisting with things like vr yeah you know
1: yeah and it, yeah it's no longer the central gimmick now it's kind of on the periphery but it definitely it's,
0: it's part of a much larger system now. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah yeah totally um a few other other games that i think of games like Portal. I've only played the Mm -hmm. first one. I've heard the second one's even better. Um, But that's a game where you take this idea of of like basically you're playing with the physics in that game. Um, Mm -hmm. And it still like bends my mind to to think how you play through that. Um, Again, only playing the first one for a few hours. Um, But that's but that's another one that I just thought of, you know, the, the way that you could use processing power. Again, you can be in a small room, but it feels huge because of the way that you interact with the room. Um, mm-hmm. We talk about how how graphics kind of uh, are one of the main ways that processing power is used. And I think of like really stylish games, like the Persona series, or at least the later Persona mm. games, and how um, it uses its style in every element of the game. So it's not just a coat of paint, but it actually is how you function within that world and how even the characters interact with their dialects and things like that that set them apart. Um, I think make those very distinct experiences. Um, uh, I guess just kind of in passing, Mario Galaxy and the way that the physics were done in that game and you were on these own these little planets and the, and the way that gravity was used kind of made... Um, it just gave another dimension to what a 3D adventure game, well, not adventure game, but you know, action-adventure Mario platforming-type game was. Um, and then I'd be remiss if I don't mention Dark Souls. Um, and this time, I, I think one thing that Dark Souls does really well is the fact that you can build your character so many different ways. And you can interact with that game in, in many different ways. But because the core of that game is in the combat, even if you approach combat differently, um, it is so refined that you can replay it again and again and again and again and have different experiences because you are you know using different armor sets and different um, weapons and things like that. So mm-hmm. those are just... Uh, <laughs> Uh, sorry, the last one I forgot about this is what I already mentioned before is Octopath Traveler. Um, mm-hmm. This is a game that takes classic JRPGs, like Super Nintendo era JRPGs, and puts it into an engine that is just gorgeous. And it's funny to say that with a modern, you know, sixty dollar game that looks sort of like a Super Nintendo game. Right. But the way that everything in the game comes together between the graphics and the score on the game is is amazing. I've been listening to it a lot while I while I work on school. Um, It's 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 I would say relaxing at points, but there are some upbeat tunes. I mean, it's it's just a great soundtrack on that game. Mm hmm. And then even I think the the game, at least as far as I've experienced, the voice acting that's there is really good. So you get this immersive experience um, and just the way that they chose to use what they have for the game was to create what I find to be a very immersive game using Neo 16 bit artwork. I I think uh, the game gets high marks for that.
0: Yeah. I'm not gonna argue with you. It is <laughs> it is incredibly pretty. I just I mean, I think one of my favorite things is just like the way that um they sort of they create a field of depth mm-hmm. or depth Depth of field, yeah. Depth of field, yeah. Oh man, <laughs> Nate talked real good. Uh that caffeine did not do what it was supposed to. <laughs> um it's supposed to make me smart and function um anyways but like they create that depth of field but they still maintain the sort of integrity of that sort of like pixel 16 bit sort of pixel art sort of look yeah um but it's it, it is actually being generated in 3D like in right. sort of like with a like it it is bonkers um, that's yeah, sort of there's, there's a, a game I think that's, um, I don't know if it's still coming out or not. Uh, the last I had heard it was sort of, my, might, might be in question, but like the last night by, uh, I think the guy's name is Tim Saray. Um, hmm. uh, it was being developed for PC and Xbox. I think, um, is very interesting. It was like a pixel art sort of game, okay. but like the things that he was doing with that game, uh, sounded incredibly interesting. Um, so interesting. I mean yeah, I like listen, I I don't want to sort of, like I enjoy a lot of like I'm going to use the, the the this term gamier games. Mm-hmm. Like I like video games that are just video games. And I think it's fine to like video games that are just video games. Like, you know, I'm not going to play Mario Odyssey for the incredibly deep story. Like right. I'm going to Jump around, and I'm going to try to find those stupid moon power moons or whatever they are, and you know, um, you know, ultimately to get to Bowser and you know, beat the game. But like, and, and you know, I don't need to have some sort of like compelling hook. A lot of times, like, I just want good execution. But I'm saying like, when there is that sort of that additional hook, like when there's that little something extra, like I, I feel like I want to be honest enough to say like no this this here is something special yeah so yeah um totally
1: I agree I agree I and just to reiterate I think the pitfall is when um when the processing power kind of the, of the game takes over the gameplay or the the mm-hmm. you know the presentation is the the biggest thing about the game um because I think I yeah, not to take away from presentation. I love the you know games that have that look great. <laughs> you know, I like graphics. I think it's cool. Um but if that is if that's your gimmick, if that's the only thing about your game that's noteworthy, it, you know, I it's probably not a good game. So, um yeah, no. I I think this has been a good discussion. I I think um l- like you said that it, when a game really kind of focuses on what it wants to be and uses the processing power to that end, I think that's the best, Mm -hmm. the best kind of what you can hope for, um, to that. The outcome would be the best game, um, is when you're really focusing on what you want to make rather than focusing around a certain gimmick. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, man, any more thoughts on processing power? Or are you about to power down?
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say like I'm running out of processing power. <laughs> awesome.
1: Like, well, if you guys want to process with us, if you have the power to do that, you can contact us. Um, oh of course- man,
0: there's so <laughs> many like so many puns. And- I was
1: trying to power through and I couldn't make it.
0: Oh, um,
1: no, oh, no, no, <laughs> no. But of course, as we have referenced multiple times on this episode, we have a Facebook group. It's called the hashtag BacklogBookClub on Facebook. You can hit us up there. Um, you can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com, or you can visit either of our social media areas or video game. You know, places and avatars and all that fun stuff um on on Twitter, on Facebook, on GG, you know, wherever you want to. um I usually go by broccolope that's b r o c c o l o p e and Nate goes by
0: Nate underscore McKeever yeah. pretty much everywhere. there you go. like all like I'm on insta, I'm on that's right. Twitter. I'm on well, Facebook, but yeah, um, you know, I'm I'm all over the place, so I'm everywhere. You can't escape me. I'm Skynet. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is this is like I'm I'm so so sort of out of it at this point in time that like this, I, I'm not even making sense. <laughs> um, I like it. But hey, and, and I just wanted to throw this out there real quick uh, before we sort of really, you know, sort of wrap it up with the tagline and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, if if you like the podcast, I would ask that you rate and review and tell your friends. And if you don't like the podcast, well, do it anyways, because it's a nice thing to do. Be better than me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and for those of you who, who are subscribed to the podcast um, and don't, you know, see the the links that we drop in our different social media channels. We do have a, a spiffy little uh, website now, so you can yes. share that yes. with your friend. Really, it's just a website that'll have all of our podcast episodes there. Um, but it'll help so that you know, if you're not an Apple person, it's got links for for um Android uh, ways that you can download and access the the podcast as well. So if you've never listened to a podcast before um or you know someone who hasn't listened to a podcast before you can send them over the website and they can listen right on the website
0: hey, you, know. you can first get them out from underneath their rock <laughs> but
1: oh That's man a, a good ending recommendation podcasts for all of oh, you out there
0: one more thing just yeah. sort of a i i you know i typically don't um throw a lot of recos out um there was a recent episode of Colin Moriarty's mm-hmm. Fireside Chats that he did with a guy named, I think, I think Chase Williams is the name. Okay. I'm not hundred um, percent, but the guy talked about that had like a video games as art sort of discussion. Um, it was interesting I'm not gonna say anything more than that. <laughs> I'll like, uh, I'm still sort of thinking through a lot of what um, this young man had to say. Uh, he actually does a podcast. I think it's called The Greatest Game. Uh, okay. I'll shoot that. I'll shoot that link to you. I might even post it in the Facebook group or whatever. Sweet. Um, I've I've interacted with him a little bit on on Twitter, just like a tiniest bit. I've listened to an episode or two of. This greatest game podcast, um, very interesting stuff. Uh, sort of examining sort of the games as art discussion. Um, very, th- it's very interesting. I think like it's nice. it's worth listening to just just to to sort of like bend your mind a little bit around some maybe harder to uh, think through sort of stuff. But anyways, last minute sort of like. Recommendation. I, I, I was gonna try and mention it earlier, but I couldn't find a place to work it in, <laughs> or my brain just sort of was abandoning me. Yeah. So, um, I mean,
1: we don't usually bring up the whole games as art conversation that often, so I could see it well, would be difficult.
0: Well, yeah, we we never talk about it ever. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. I I know. I'm I know, I'm kicking I'm just, you while you're down, dude. I'm a bad I'm, ho- co-host. I, yeah i mean like hey you know i i slandered breath of the wild <laughs> and made you sit there and listen to me um uh you know gripe about it so i guess you know you got to get your shots in um but there you go. until next time josh what should they do
1: Um, uh, well if you guys keep beating down your backlogs we'll keep breaking down the benefits see you later Hmm?